0: There is a mighty spirit shining out across the sky.
1: Dear Heavenly Gracious God, as we come before your Holy Presence, we ask your forgiveness for each and every known sin, be it words, thoughts, or deeds, that we've committed against you and anyone else. As we enter the message, we ask you to allow your Holy Spirit to take the message, take your word, make it real, make it real unto the believer of the household of faith, make it real for that watchman. Supposed to be sounding the alarm. Make it real to that believer that's out of fellowship for them to return. Make it real to that individual who is searching for you. In Jesus' name, we ask you and thank you. Amen. Welcome back to Challenges of Faith Radio Program. I'm McCants. Thank you for joining. The question is: Are we nearing the time? Is it what time? You know you're trying to be funny. And then there are those of you who are really not. Remember, our our Savior is still sovereign irrespective of what's going on around the globe that appears in 2024, only the second month of the brand new year, the 25th day. You know, over in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6 through 8, I know you wrote it down. It's talking about end times, events appearing. Look around globally. Maybe look around in your country if you don't want to go outside your home. And then while in your country, go ahead and look at uh, your neighborhood, your province, your village, or maybe your township or your state. On the day of Pentecost, when the disciples were proclaiming the gospel, and all sorts of languages. They had never learned. Peter directed everybody, everyone back to scripture and said, this is what was spoken. You see how the scripture allows us to discern signs and events out of a way that brings clarity. And it points us to the person and work of, guess who, your pastor, Ooh, me, Mm-mm. Your rabbi, mm mm. Your iman, your human teacher, no. To you, oh no, no, no. Person and work of Jesus Christ. You remember that's what the gospel is all about. I know you knew that. Sitting in the pews or behind the pulpit, I know you did. But you know, through our sojourn, and it includes you. You know how we've come from the many deaths involving COVID? Remember the lockdowns and the isolation and the social disruption and all the social discontent? You remember those concerns over government outreach and interference and exposure of the increasing divide between the rich and poor? Because you've got to remember now the word of God doesn't talk about no middle class. Only humans talk about that. But you're looking around, you see all the wars, the rumors of wars. You see over in Russia and Ukraine, Ukraine and Russia and Israel. And here you got nations around the globe, especially in the United States, where misled young adults are turning against Israel who don't know the word of God, the scripture. You have Iran nearing a nuclear weapon. You have earthquakes in Texas. If we talk about the United States. Oh, I know you're looking at your country. Earthquakes in Texas, Missouri, Palm Springs, Nevada, Oklahoma, Honolulu, Pakistan, China, more. You know how I branched out from the United States. But, you know, you're not going to talk about your country. But all these have called for discernment. You know, many discerning believers in the household of faith, you know, followers of Jesus Christ and watchmen have gone back to the scripture. And you know what the conclusion that's being arise. Go ahead, I'm listening. Because you know, you know, those of you who want to know, you know, that's waking up. <clears throat> I was blessed. <laughs> I was talking to one of my siblings and we were laughing isn't that interesting how we can laugh are you laughing but from the inside out and <laughs> we were talking about how many how that so many people are walking around without hope is that you but these events are signs of the end time Our Savior told us about these things. Remember Matthew chapter twenty-four, verse six through eight. The word, not Gary. Gary doesn't have a word. If you're looking for me to have one, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see too that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. A part of that communication I had with my sibling one of my siblings was is a me waking up sometimes your sojourn your trials you either in the trial coming out of one or waiting for one can be of such a nature like yours that if you're not paying attention to how the spiritual enemy using 2 late enemies can have you distracted over to your left when you should be over to your right. And over to your right, all this is going on while you're being distracted based upon whatever the trials are going on in your life. But the word lets us know nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. You remember you heard me tell the story about the frog. <clears throat> you didn't hear me say a skin tone frog. You didn't hear me say a gender frog. You didn't hear me say an age frog. You didn't hear me say a zip code frog. You didn't hear me say any type of classism. Sitting in a pot of water on the oven, inside a microwave, you identify First person came along like a watchman, get up, move forward, you're not doing okay. And the watchman went on being focused on a mission, not your mission, oh, not yours or yours or yours. Second person came along and told that frog, don't listen to that person. You're doing just fine. Stay where you are. And unbeknownst to that frog, the second person turned the oven on the microwave. The question is, which one did the frog listen to ascertaining the motives? And second, did the frog jump out of that water in and on time before it boiled to death? You're looking around. You see what's going on. Are you comfortable, believer of the household of faith? And you know the word. I know you do whether behind the pulpit or in the pews. I know you sound the alarm because you you have a current and future hope irrespective of what's going on. Wars, famines, earthquakes, pandemics, catastrophe on a large scale, they are a sign. Did you take note of the language that our Savior used? The end is still to come. These are the beginning of birth pains. It's letting you know when you're looking at that which is going on that something is on the horizon. It's letting you know that there's a signal that this earth that you and I know has a limited time frame. Remember you've heard me talk about on the global topics that's on Mondays and Saturdays, what's going on globally where we talk about how that those who are able, wealthy, Maybe have, based upon their political high-ranking position, are able to you know um, escape that which they have knowledge of, build below their homes, or whatever the case may be, or get on a spaceship and go to those planets trying to hope it can be inhabited versus those of us who are going to just be looking at everybody. But through these catastrophes and all that we're talking about, God is lifting your eyes and my eyes to see beyond the moment. And to remember that this earth, this life that you and I have, it's not the end destination. Are you hanging on down here? Like a relationship. Remember, I look at everything like a relationship. Irrespective of who you come in contact with. If I go back to the frog story, remember the first person, the second person? So the frog hopefully had... To discern, hopefully with spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, the motives of both individuals: was one trying to lift them up, not ego? Or was one trying to keep them down where they are, so that they can't move forward? So as you and I look at the horizon, when we think about the importance of these that's going on, these signs, these catastrophes, you know, that we're talking about as a sign but with an attitude that <laughs> there's no reason to alarm. That's the point our is making. When end-time events appear, don't let them be the events which cause you to be suddenly startled. Don't let these events be the events which imitate the new wave of end-time analysis and discussions that you're starting to hear about. Because that's not the moment to loudly sound, the alarm. And the reason our Savior gives us this command is so that you and I can have the very nature of the end time it does not revolve around these catastrophes. Whether you're hearing about these wars, rumors of wars, or whatever that's cropping up, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. There's nothing going on that's not in the control of God. Over in Second Timothy chapter three, verse one through five, I know you wrote it down. The word, not Gary, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last day. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous rash, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having a form of godliness but denying his power. Do you notice that is not a catastrophic event that we're talking about? Did you find yourself in any of that which was just described in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1-5? Do you notice that's a description just about every day that has taken place since our Savior walked on this earth over 2,000 years ago? The wars, the famines, the pestilence, the pandemics, they are the catastrophe events that remind us that the end is still to come. These are the beginnings of birth pains. Think about what we're talking about, rampant greed and materialism, is that you? Self-love, love of pleasure and boastfulness, is that you? Lack of forgiveness, brutality, treachery, godlessness, is that you? Okay, you say it's not true. I understand, but you see it, don't you? These are the signs of the last days and the end times, not the catastrophic. Understand that which has become <laughs> is... A normal daily experience. You know it is. So you don't really have to go across the globe to look and see this. You don't have to go across to another country. You don't have to go across to another state. Look at your own neighborhood. As a matter of fact, if you want to, you can look inside your home and then you can look inside of you. You know how Paul said in Timothy, how he said exactly the same teaching that our Savior taught? about the last day. Do you notice that? You say you didn't. Don't you think it's time to get in the work? You know what it is. But you notice how that on the very last day when judgment starts, this is how the world is going to look. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 through 39. Go ahead. I know you wrote it down. But about that day or hour, no one knows. That's how it would be at the coming of the Son of Man. And the hour before the return of our Savior's life, when you really look at this everyday life, do you notice how ordinary it is? Think about it. It's so ordinary that when our Savior returns, even those who are waiting for his return, are you, my brethren of the household of faith? Even those who are praying for his return, are you really praying for our Savior to come back? Even those who are looking forward to his return, are you really looking forward to Jesus Christ returning? Even some of them are going and running around talking about (laughs) that was an unexpected time to return. Really? Really? So think about, since we're talking about these world events, these threatening world events, they shouldn't be a source of anxiety to to that believer of the household of faith who's really trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And the reason is because we who know the Lord, not guests, we who know the Lord are looking forward to his soon return, and we are assured that our future is in his hand. Remember, present and future hope. And maybe there are those of you out there that you don't feel you know because remember now this moment you may feel good the next moment you may not it's not based upon your feelings or what you're doing maybe you don't feel this assurance but you got to understand the key is to realize that god made us and he made us so that you and i could have a personal relationship with him and this relationship that we have with him gives us his peace remember what the word lets us know how that and this has been my favorite verse over the years, Isaiah chapter twenty-six, verse three. He will keep him; in, he will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in Him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. I know you heard. Listen, my brother and I was able to pray irrespective of what's going on around the globe. We're talking about you having the peace with God. So as you look in the word of God, the scripture, you notice how all these promises to keep us in God's perfect peace, especially when the world, you know, individuals living in the world, irrespective of their positions and lot in life, they're walking around, they're shaking with fear, you and I as believers of the house of the faith, we're to watch and pray. We're not to have some type of unwholesome fear, which is equivalent to doubting God's word. And when you look at Jude, verse 24, J-U-D-E, do you notice how it describes God as him who was able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy? Do you notice when you look over in Ephesians chapter 6 verse, where it lets you and I know, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, do you see that? And when you look at all that, then you understand how it's important in our lives that you and I make our relationship with Jesus Christ as a priority. And that you and I faithfully serve him in a consistent life in Christ. And that we with joy look forward to his coming again. The question is, are you looking joyfully for his coming? Only you and God really know. When you look in the word, you see how we're encouraged? Like over in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, write it down. Luke chapter 21, verse 36. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 through 18. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. And 1 Peter Chapter 4, verse 7. And again, as you're looking around and praying and watching with the whole armor on, just remember, everywhere, irrespective of where everywhere happens to be, you see that society is wracked with pain, suffering, hunger, war, murder, Lust, greed, hate, fraud, and corruption, every possible form of human government seems to be failing. In your country, in your country, and your country too, so just don't look at the United States. Each new one seems to be unsuccessful in addressing problems. And you see how society is becoming more helpless and more hopeless and it's grown more complicated, especially in the age of this technology. You know AI. But you know what, what the scripture says? You see how we always go back to the scripture? To those who are fearful hearted, be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. You can see that in Isaiah, chapter 35, verse 4. You know, I give out um, um, thrice weekly newsletter. Or on the Monday and Saturday global topics, you know, it may sound dire, D-I-R-E, or hope, hopeless, but it's not. Because a believer of the household of faith for those who have been asleep, who now are awoke, and the watchman. It allows you to know in diverse areas, A through Z, that, hey, this is what's been going on or is going on. How does it affect you, me, as believers of the household of faith? You know, there are many sociologists and scientists today who believe we have the capability to destroy ourselves even with AI. But guess what? Christ is going to come back to this earth one day and make things right. But for now, you and I are living in a period called grace, 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 grace. We're talking about grace that God gives to every human to decide to live for him and not for ourselves. You know, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, said that as the end approaches that the world is going is it, you're going to walk around here, run around here, be around here on an immoral bend such as has never been known in history. And if you're really looking around with open eyes like I am, I can only talk about me, then what we're seeing is that the human race, oh, you thought it was more races than one? Oh, I always encourage people, you know, go to your human position, have them. Let you see in your V-I-N-S, V-E-I-N-S, the color of your blood. And you can take every skin tone that's on earth, look at the color of their blood. Isn't it interesting? We're seeing the human race in such a condition. But for those who believe in Him, Be confident of the truth that there is no situation beyond God's control. There's no reason to fear the future because God is already there. What we can do is pray for others who are still lost in hopelessness. And we're praying that they'll turn their hearts to Almighty God. To my brethren in the household of faith, you're woke. You see what's going on. You're on your knees. You're asking God to use you for his glory. You're reaching out to that person irrespective of who they are for God's purpose with the gospel so that that person is heaven-bound eternally just like you. You know, you heard the, the quote that there are going to be people not in heaven that you thought should be there and people there that you just thought ought not to be there. But the question is, will you? Will you?
0: There is a mighty spirit shining out across the sky. He's calling. A man.